Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Tea with Tammy. Hi, I am Tammy and I woke up with a frog in my throat. (laughs) And why can't, like, just why can't the universe just work with a nigga just like once? You know, just, just one day out the week, just the universe align, the stars align for me. And just shit just goes smooth. But nonetheless, I am here a day late. You know, it's expected. It was a holiday. Give me a break. But like I said, we're going to keep the show rolling. Let's get started. So originally I had an elaborate episode plan and I don't mean like, oh, we were going to have sound effects. We were going to have guests. We were going to have new intro music, like none of that. <laughs> so pipe down. Um, what, um, shout out to Frito gang, but what I really meant to say, or what I mean to say is that I had an elaborate episode as for my thoughts. I was really going to get in my bag of what I thought, right? And I, I still am because I'm always going to tell you what I think, but not so extensively. I'm going to give you all the cute, keep it, keep it cute version because, you know, it's the holidays. I don't know how long you really want to sit and listen to me because I know your grandma's probably yelling in the background somewhere. You have a cousin coming over later. I don't know what you have planned. So I'm just going to keep it cute and, and get t- straight to the meat and potatoes, which was hopefully on your plate this Thanksgiving. But okay. I first want to discuss, okay, real, really quickly, like really, really, really quickly. Cause I don't have the time. I just want to say for the record, Gucci won. Okay. I don't, I don't care. Well, I don't care what little Ray Ray said. I don't care what Twitter user, uh, I rap a lot underscore 2020 said Gucci won. And yes, my DMs are still closed about that conversation. <laughs> but moving on, moving forward. The first topic I really want to get into is, hmm, well, okay, I feel like it's going to be the theme of this episode, which is hypocrisy, I believe. Just the hypocritical people out there. And I'm guilty of it too. I've been there. Or maybe people just change and then they, they transition to the other side of the, of the fence or the tracks of, of opinions. But this first, this first topic is Kevin Hart. Um, okay. So Kevin Hart has been around for quite some time. Um, he's, he's had small roles in movies forever. He's done lots of low budget, big budget, um, crossover overseas content. He is a superstar. He is a recognizable African-American black star, which is great. He, he's doing it for the culture as I, I, as I maybe thought he was, but okay, we'll get to that soon. But the reason why he's a topic is because he has a new Netflix special and it's titled Zero Fucks Given. It's about an hour long or less, and it's filmed in his home. And I was alerted 
um, by this stand up from the timeline. You know, I'm, I consider myself, I'm no longer a podcaster, streamer, YouTuber, whatever you thought of me previously. I am a Twitter reporter. <laughs> 98% of these topics come from my timeline. And so I was alerted by the Twitter timeline that Kevin Hart dropped something new and it was horrible. People weren't laughing. People were disappointed. And me, not surprised because the last three projects at least have not been funny. Not too long ago, here, here comes the, here comes the parsley of hypocrisy. We're going to sprinkle some on. Years ago, we, not we, I don't don't think you did, but society or the industry attempted to or had some, some hand play in blackballing or tarnishing the careers of uh, Mike Epps, Aerie Spears, and Cat Williams because of their, their honest opinion of Kevin Hart's comedy. They simply said he was not funny nor appeal to the humor of black people, the everyday black person at home. These three comedians went on different interviews, different platforms, and stood by that opinion when they were asked of Kevin Hart. This This isn't just something they brought upon the conversation themselves. They were asked about this, like, hey, what's your opinion of of Kevin Hart? He's killing it in the game. And their response is, yes, he's killing it, but he's not my cup of tea. He's not really that funny. I don't think he's really for black people. Here we are today. (laughs) Zero fucks given is dropped. And what are y'all saying on my timeline? Kevin Hart isn't funny. Kevin Hart isn't for the people. What happened to the black humor? But hey, hey, hey. When Cat Williams went on that one show and, you know, kept it, you know, Cat Williams, he kept it a thousand about Kevin Hart and his, and his non-funniness. People turned on Cat Williams even more so because he was already on the bad list of, of celebrities. <laughs> Let's be honest. We, we, we've have, uh, he's had tarnishes, um, blemishes on his resume for, for quite some time. Not, I don't agree with all of them, but that's just what it is. But he he blatantly says on this radio show how he feels. And what did we do? We we called him bitter. And again, not we. I don't think you did. But we as the collective called him bitter, um, that he was jealous. He He was supposed to have the career Kevin Hart has now type of conversation. And we we did that for Mike Epps. We did this for Aries Spears and there may be some bitterness. There may be some jealousy in there, but the sentiment still is true and stands clearly because that's what my timeline is saying. Kevin Hart is not funny (laughs) or for black people, not saying that he didn't used to be. That's just the, that's just the temperature right now for that man. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And I hate the fact, side note, I hate the fact that Kevin Hart jumps out the window for selective, for selective black people, um, when they have such a, um, a critical opinion of him. As soon as a black celebrity of some stature has some ill opinion of Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart goes, he is so triggered and he is so hurt. And it's like, come on, fam. You can't really think this shit is funny. You really can't. But let's run down his, let's run down his resume in case I'm missing something or you think, man, what you mean? All his shit is funny. Shit used to be funny. 
2009 was his year. 2009 is when I first saw him. 2009, he was in an all-star comedy jam special that's hosted or presented by uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, this uh, comedy jam special was hosted by Cedric the Entertainer. And correct me if I'm wrong, the lineup was Tommy Davison, um, Ari Spears, D-Ray, and then Kevin Hart. Um, Kevin Hart had the signature joke in this special of the I eat ass face. Um, you know, we put, we put names on cups <laughs> conversation. So that's where I first saw him. And that was hilarious. We saw him again that year with his first special grown little man. Then he went on to seriously funny, which was funny. Then laugh at my pain, which continued to be funny. But then after that, oh, mm, downhill. Let me explain. Had funny moments, but it wasn't a funny special. What now was not funny at all. Irresponsible, not funny at all. Zero fucks given, 2020, and it's still not funny and I'm not surprised. I would just like to circle this conversation around the fact that we killed other black stars for having an honest opinion from the gate. We were too scared to go against Kevin Hart because of all the big movies he was in. He can be in all the big movies he wants, but if he puts out a bad special, I'ma call it a bad special. Point blank, period. I'm not scared to. And yes, I did watch it. And yes, it's not that fun. Like it had two halfway funny moments and that's not good enough for me. And so yes, I agree. The special was not funny ultimately. Again, circle this conversation around the hypocrisy that we've had for these other black stars who are having the same opinion first. And I feel like we need to walk back the hate that we had for them. Um, these stars, like I said, I don't know if they're, they're jealous of Kevin Hart at the end of the day, but they were true with the, with the, with the, um, sentiment of, Hey, you asked me, I'm telling you it is what it is. <laughs> and I just wish. We would just treat our black stars a little bit better. I I always, okay, I didn't used to always be this person. Listen, we all change, right? This is me showing that I used to be on the other side of the, the fence as well. I used to be so judgy, so harsh, but we need to be a little bit more compassionate with our black stars and stop being so hypocritical down the line because we, we look crazy as a collective. Repeating the shit that other people are, have already said that we also killed them for. How stupid does that seem? And for for another example, okay, call me crazy if there's no connection, but topic two, Dave Chappelle. He he did a little short special and he shared um, that his Chappelle show is now streaming on DS, you know, uh, streaming platforms um, on television and he is not getting paid. In the past, maybe he signed a bad deal to where he is, he is not, um, required or at mandatory to be paid for, for future dealings of his show. And he asked Netflix to take it down because he currently has a deal with Netflix and they, they certainly did for him. They did it immediately because they value the relationship that they had with Dave Chappelle at the time or at, at this time. Okay. And so. We, we can rally behind, uh, Dave Chappelle and agree as a community to be like, you know what? That is wrong. Uh, we do need to, uh, make sure that our stars are getting paid what they're due. 
um, because they're legends, they're stars, they have the resume, they, um, they, they have proven themselves, right? <laughs> this, uh, hopefully this sounds familiar. Um, so when we talk about Monique and, and how she asked Netflix <laughs> to, to, to value her, but, and then we killed her. And so it's just funny what we're willing to do for certain people and not for others. And I feel for Monique. I still do till this day because I understand her delivery sometimes isn't amazing. Her, her, her timing isn't always great, but so <laughs> we've dealt with that from the white stars, from, from the male stars. Why can't we, we handle that from a black woman? We, and this will transition into the bigger topic that I have for today for today, which is protect, protect, support, and uplift black women. I feel like we should have did that for Monique. I feel like we should have did a little bit more of that for Monique instead of just listening to Tyler Perry and Oprah and whoever that other producer guy was of their, of their ill opinion of Monique because Monique didn't do what they asked her to do when, when they said to do it. I'm sure you'll hear a million stories about me of those same type of situations. Listen, ask me to do something. (laughs) Ask me to do something when I'm not in the mood. You're going to get that same type of response. I'm just, I'm just trying to humanize and relate to Monique because y'all killed the fuck out of her. And meanwhile, we drop everything and do anything for Dave Chappelle. And I know they're not the same person. I know they don't have the same resume. But like Monique's argument was, she has the accolades. She says she is the most decorated comedian. Um, I don't know if that's still true today, um, because this was a few years ago she made this comment, but I did the research and it was true. She is the most decorated comedian, meaning that she's, she's won the most awards as a, as a black comedian. And so like she, it's not always for stand up. And I think that's why like the lines are, are a little blurred because she's one for like, you know, her own show. She has a, she had a talk show back in the day. I watched late at night when I was a kid. I probably shouldn't have, but I remember watching her talk show. Um, of course the Parkers, like she had the movies. Monique's been around for, for quite some time. And we, 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 we didn't treat her like she needed to be treated transitioning to the bigger topic, like I said, is protecting, supporting, uplifting black women because I have, okay, I have four points within this, within this bigger topic. The first point I would like to, um, bring up or uh, bring to your attention is representation matters. Black women, women of color need to be represented in your, in your productions, um, down to the music videos. Listen, the movies, the television shows, the music videos. I need to see representation in commercials. I need to see representation in your ads. I don't want you to, to, to fall victim to our old ways of this European, like standard of beauty, of course. And then I want you to have due diligence and hold yourself accountable. If you don't see women of color in your production, don't put it out. That's my recommendation. I know that's extreme. I know that there's your there's the Tim Burtons out there who feel like um you know his his white people just represent whatever time that he's he's trying to paint more accurately. But come on, representation matters. There's a kid at home. There's a a, a kid of color at home 
watching your your production and seeing nothing but white faces and thinking, oh, I could never because I don't see it. I don't, I, it doesn't exist to me in my world because you're not showing it to me. And so if you're a director, a videographer, photographer, rapper, singer, putting on a production, um, I, I'm, I'm talking to you all specifically because that's the, that's the audience of, of this show. I know there's other people, the, um, uh, who make, uh, different types of productions, but in, in this entertainment, especially in our music, let's, let's come on, let's do better. Let's, let's do better. And I know y'all, y'all send out your little announcements, your casting calls of, Hey, uh, women of color show up to the call. And then if none show up, you're like, okay, well, I guess it's all white then. No, it doesn't stop there. Do your due diligence and go out and hire. Go out and seek it uh, like just do better. Just do better for black women. So like I said, just hire, present, employ, seek black women for your productions because representation matters. I also want to talk about how undervalued black women are. Um, I know there's like the saying that goes around that black women are the most disrespected beings. Um, I am a black woman, so I may have a little bias, but I agree because not only am I black, I am a woman. Like, it's just like a double whammy of society <laughs> treating me like shit. And we have to do better of reaching out to our fellow black women and like helping with the uplifting part. I, I saw a clubhouse room. And it was titled A White Girl Stole My Podcast. I immediately jumped in that room because I was like, who did it? <laughs> Tell me. We about to add them right now. Because I wanted to be there for the black community or the person of color. And she shared her story, how she's had this podcast for this year, for a year. And this woman on Entertainment Tonight is now starting her new podcast with the same title, same color scheme, same logo, same description, everything. And she's sad because she feels like she won't be able to do anything about it. She'll just be over overlooked. No, not today. Everyone in that clubhouse room left comments under all of her posts saying the show already exists. Take it down, cease and desist. And you know what that white woman ended up doing? Taking it down. It no longer, it, it no longer exists. And so that was the power of supporting that black woman in that moment. And I was just like, I want to shed a tear right now talking about it because it was just so beautiful to watch how everyone was like, hell no, we're not going to let this happen. This stops now. And we, we rallied up, left comments, added her on Twitter and Instagram. And now it's down. The title has changed. The cover art will change. And I just hope that continues. And I witnessed that more and I'm a part of that more. Um, now about being undervalued as well, I want, um, to also just shout out Tiana Taylor, Brandy Norwood, Summer Walker, because these women were all undervalued for the beautiful and amazing R&B projects that they released this year. And then to be overlooked by the Grammys, what a slap in the face, but I'm not going to bore you with another Grammy conversation about, Oh my gosh, they didn't do what we wanted them to do because they're never going to do what they, what we want them to do. So 
that's just that's a no-brainer every year. I don't I don't know why we waste our breath on it, but I do love the fact that Freddie Gibbs gets to troll academics with his nomination. <laughs> and so I I am with the shits for that. Now, um I also wanted to have the topic or the the conversation within um protecting and supporting and uplifting black women of colorism um cuz I'm seeing colorism a whole lot on my timeline. Now, colorism has always been a thing. Listen, brown paper bag test is nothing new. Um, if you're lighter than a brown paper bag, you are just on just another level of just like automatic beauty, automatic acceptance, just because like you're, you're, you're a fair skin. You're not as dark. And so that's always been a thing, um, within, um, the black community, um, the Indian community, the Asian community, a lot of communities where you know, our shade and our melanin, it gets dark. And so the conversations that I recently be seeing um, about colorism is conversation around Mulatto, uh, rapper Big Lotto. <laughs> I know you've heard her on lots of features this year, 2 Chains, Cash Doll, Gucci. Um, she's been on a lot of songs, a lot of um, productions. And I've championed her because I watched her season of the rap game where she won her season and she did it off of her pure talent. Like she was a kid, she was writing all her own rhymes. And I was proud of, I was proud to see her win that show. And so now it's a new conversation because she's light skinned. She's, she's dominating now. And a lot of people are saying, is that due to, you know, the, the lightness of her skin? Me personally, I don't think so. I think Mulatto is talented. She has a sound to her voice where, you know, it's her. Um, when I hear big Lotto, I know it's her. Um, she, she writes her own rhymes, which I of course will respect. And I, like I said, I like her history. I like how she's always been about music ever since she was a kid because she was on the kid competition show, the rap game hosted by Jermaine Dupree. Now people have done research of her name. Mulatto is a, um, like a racial slur that was used negative, negatively. And so she thought, or she says that she was taking a negative into a positive by calling herself that. It's still a little, you know, it's a little still iffy, but hey, you took your pain, you know, and made it a success. And so I'm not mad at that. People have, um, also said that sweetie, only gets the shine that she gets because she's light skinned too. But I feel like, like I previously championed what has, what has kept her relevant is her personality and the people that she's aligned with. Come on. The man on her arm is Quavo. <laughs> you're going to be in the spotlight everywhere you go. And in addition to you're funny, you know, so it's just, it's, I don't think in these situations, it's just, pure colorism as to why they're getting the shine that they're getting but i'm not gonna lie yes there 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 are some talented dark-skinned women who are being overlooked that's always gonna be the case listen i know i know i am that i am one of those women who has felt that i've been overlooked because of maybe the color of my skin and another conversation i've seen is jt People have said that, oh, she's, you know, she's the ugly city girl off, off rip. And people have considered her to be the ugly one because she's darker. And it's just disgusting to watch the conversations on the timeline of her, of her beauty, because it's undeniable. JT is beautiful. Like if, and if you think differently, I'm, I'm questioning you. I'm questioning you. Um, 
I'm questioning you because it's just, it shouldn't even be a conversation to be like, oh, who's the pretty one? Cause that's childish in itself. It's very like, have you seen the first five minutes of the social network movie? It's that. It's like those scenes right there. Um, but JT is beautiful. Miami's beautiful. Ugh. Have a conversation about the bars instead. Do that instead. Not, not the shade, the color, the tone of these women's skin. Beware of this colors, colorism and don't let it divide us. Don't hop on this like hate train of a person because they are light of skin. They can't control their skin color either. You know, like they didn't choose to be light skin when they were born. They didn't choose to be mixed. That's the life that was given to them and they're, they're, they're working with it. And so I'm not going to automatically pass judgment on a light skin star and assume that they're, they're doing so well because of, you know, I'm not going to go there. There's, there's some privilege in being a lighter skin. Yes. You, you do have that, but I'm not going to just pin this negativity on them and have like a negative outlook of them as if they're using that privilege for like, um, to take opportunities from darker skinned women or darker skinned people. Hopefully that all made sense. Um, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, protect, support, uplift black women. Representation matters. Put them in your production. Um, don't steal from black women. And if you, and if you're witnessing it, uplift and support them, rally behind them. Um, beware of the colorism that is out there and, and the division that it could create in our communities. And remember to, to be more compassionate for our, for our, our fellow black, um, artists, stars, entertainers, um, because their journeys were, I feel personally, just 10 times harder than the next person because it's, it's really hard for black women. And so Tiana Taylor, I want to give her her flowers again. Brandy, Summer Walker, Monique. <laughs> that conversation is still like, uh, it irks me because like, we should have did her better. People should have done her better. But, um, moving on some quick topics before we get into the last topic. Um, no ceilings three coming soon. DJ Khaled is hosting it. Okay. I'm curious. All right. I heard my husband's on it. So that, that, that'll get me in the door, which is, you know, Drake, Aubrey Drake Graham, my husband. Um, and then last thing, just really quickly, don't feel guilty for having a good meal and spending time with your family on Thanksgiving. Like, don't, don't feel guilty for, for have doing that and doing the same on any other commercialized holiday that is rooted in probably racism. Cause that's just the root of everything. The, the root of the existence of probably the chair that I sit on came from a Nazi. Like, I don't know. Like it's just, it's rooted in everything. And so if you want to take the time to spend with your family on Thanksgiving day, do that. You don't have to celebrate the whole history behind um, the holiday. Acknowledge that the holiday is not what it was taught to us. It, um, centers around genocide and it is commercialized to, um, present it in a different light and how that, how that is disgusting to history and, um, those Native Americans. But I'm not going to deny you your day off. Take that day off. <laughs> Take that day off. Enjoy some good food. It's okay. I eat good every day. So it's just another day for me. But for you, like, take that time. 
take that time. I Go ahead, sis. I ain't judging you. Go ahead. But okay, last topic I want to discuss is music. New music and just music that I like. Okay, so hmm, new music I wanted to just really talk about, uh, really quick talk about Meg The Stallion's album, Good News, uh, Good News, 17 Tracks. Um, the critiques of this uh, album have been that there's no emotion in um, the songs. There's nothing really um, talking about her mom or just like maybe hardships of just like her journey. Um, there's some lazy choruses. She, she loves vocalities. Vocalities is when you're saying something, when you're not using words. So it's like on her don't stop song. She's like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. After like every few words. And it, it seems like it's a filler. It makes it feel like it's a reference track. Like we need to fill in some more words. Same thing with body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. It feels like there was supposed to be more, maybe some more words after the word first. Um, the first body. In the song, but there, you know, we just kept it going with the yaddy, 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 yaddy. And that's not really a word anymore. That's just sounds that you're making. And so that's a lazy chorus to some people. And people said that it just lacked the representation of Texas and Houston. The only thing that we really had was maybe that ride it like a rodeo sample and Beyonce being on the album. But other than that, we didn't feel Texas. We didn't feel Houston. We didn't feel the history of mate of Meg the Stallion. And so to me, I agree with all of those critiques. The album was very mid in my opinion. And I like at most six tracks out of the 17. Not to say that Meg isn't doing well. Listen, she's killing it in the game. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and act like she's not, but I'm curious to see where it goes. How, how long we can keep this up with the mediocre raps. I said it, I had to, but lucky for her, shit, Kelsey, she raps even worse. So she ain't got nothing to worry about when it comes to her and her little diss tracks. Um, but I did hear in that diss track that Meg the Stallion's from Bear County. <laughs> what? Let me find out, Meg. But anyway, I also wanted to talk about before I get out the door is my favorite R&B singers female r&b singers we'll get into male maybe another day and we're not going to discuss anyone that is canceled so be prepared for the um non-mentioning of a certain individual when we get to my favorite r&b male singers but today we'll we are talking about favorite r&b female singers because we are uplifting representing black women today and this is my top five my top five is um eclectic not eclectic let me stop i'm really not eclectic when it comes to the sound of my rmp rmb i am very cliche i always tell people this i'm cliche with the rmb that i like i keep it very keep it very like true to rmb and so as you hear my list you maybe will understand what i'm talking about because it's not a neo soul it's not a, it's not an old school, like it's just R&B. And so top five and not in any specific order, but I feel like it kind of was. Um, so first person I have on my list is Kiki Wyatt. Kiki Wyatt is crazy. Yes, I know. But I feel like that makes me like her even more. <laughs> her vocals are amazing. The fact that she has like 10 plus kids and like 
she stabbed a, a nigga. Like she, she's just a G and she, she sounds amazing. Um, she can blow. And so Kiki Wyatt, um, second on my list is Kelly Price. Amazing. I hate the fact that all of my favorite songs by her are written by that canceled individual that we will not name, <sighs> but she, she just, she tops, like she tops it for me because I love that album, Mirror Mirror. It's beautiful. I love it. So many great gems. Her, her song on the soundtrack of Life, the movie Life of Martin Lawrence and uh, Eddie Murphy. So good. So good. Go back and listen to it. Even though that whole soundtrack is written, produced, and composed by that canceled individual. Oh, I hate it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on. Next person on my list. Marsha Ambrosius, half of Floetry, which was one of my favorite duos. And when it comes to musical acts, very poetic, very soft, but she can blow as well. Um, she has lots of writer credits. She's just in the background of just some of your favorite songs and you didn't even know it. She's that person. I believe she performed at Nipsey's funeral, um, ceremony that was broadcasted. Marsha has a beautiful voice. Number four on my list is Tamia. Tamia, uh, I mean, you can't spell Tamia without Tammy. So I just had to put her on the list, <laughs> but she's, she's made great music and I feel like she is, um, forgotten. And that's why I always make sure to put her on my list because I want people to remember, um, her music because, um, she, she, she did have, um, some health issues, which prevented her from really going hard. Um, musically as she wanted to and she kind of just took a back seat and she has a beautiful family um beautiful husband who um, was in the nba like she's living her life like but she had some great hits back in the day and just beautiful songs that were just uh just lost on us because she couldn't really um tour them like we wanted her to and then last on my list and okay it's not a duo they're not a group but it's, it's two people. And I feel like I had to, I put, put them both at five. So it's kind of like a tie, but not really, but it's Brandy and Monica. (laughs) Like Brandy shaped my childhood in a way. It's weird. I was obsessed with Moesha. I had the DVD of her Cinderella movie. I even had the, um, the, the VHS of, I know what you did. Um, I still know what you did last summer because she was in that movie. Like I was so obsessed with Brandy. Her, her first album is still one of my top 10 R&B albums. I'm going to have to do a list of that in the future, but that's the, that's the album that has baby moving on sunny day. I want to be down. Like it's just, it has everything. And then Monica's career. Oh, like she's been blowing since she was 12. Like, I can't even fathom having a powerhouse voice at 12 years old because when they did that versus, she was playing shit that she recorded that she said when she was 12. And I was astonished. Um, I love Gunica. I love her G side. I love that she's still Atlanta at heart. I just love everything about Monica. And after the storm, that album, oh my gosh, don't gotta go home with DMX is a great song. Um, Knock Knock is a great song. So Gone, come on. So Gone is a classic. The So Gone Challenge, bring that back. That beat never gets old. But that's my list of favorite female R&B singers. Kiki Wyatt, Kelly Price, Marsha Ambrosius, Tamia, and then lastly, Brandy and Monica. We'll discuss um male 
R&B singers next episode. So stay tuned for that. Tell me who are your favorite R&B um, singers, a uh, female. Um, I'm curious to, to hear your list because I know there's a lot of other stars, you know, Erica Badu. Jill Scott, you know, those two, they had their own verses. And I know they're on a lot of people's list, Beyonce, or if you're, you're taking it back, if you want, if you're saying, um, the older stars that, that birthed them, like a Shaka or, or just like a Patty or just, you know, the people, Whitney, I don't know who's on your list, but please share with me. Um, until next time, of course, follow Tea with Tammy on all the streaming platforms. I, I plan to start updating the website with different content, um, for the new year. So, um, start putting on your, 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 your thinking caps and like your reading eyes again. Cause I love, I love talking to you all, but I miss writing. I miss writing some articles and some album reviews. And I think it would be a cool way to just like break up the, the monot, the monotonous of just all audio. But until then, <laughs> Don't get scammed by these scammers out here as you're buying Christmas gifts and buy from black owned businesses for the holiday. Okay. And sip some tea. <laughs>